I am excited to be here with you as we are continuing on in this series called Bold Evangelism. Say bold. Bold. Like bold is, is just a way of saying somebody that's a little extra courageous. And evangelism, we know, is just sharing the good news of Jesus. Sharing the good news. Say good news. Come on, talk back to me today. There's good news. And so there, bold evangelism just means we are courageously sharing the good news of Jesus. And today I want to speak to you on this subject. This is what you signed up for. This is what you signed up for. Have any of you ever signed up for something and you didn't fully realize what you were getting yourself into? Hello? Come on, all the married people, raise your hand in the room. You signed up for a lifelong commitment. You didn't know all the habits of that spouse. Come on. Come on, somebody. Hey, you, you signed up for a, careful now. You signed up for a monthly subscription and you didn't know about the hidden fees. Well, you decided to have children. Lord help us. You didn't know what you signed up for. Maybe you went to college or you, you, you graduated college. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. I remember when I was in college, I was an English major. And for English, come on, I see a few English majors. Come on, what, what? There are three of us in the room, okay? So an English major, you don't have to take a lot of math and science. And that's kind of like an added benefit for someone like me that wasn't really into math and science. And I remember talking to my guidance counselor, and, and I had to take two science classes to graduate college, okay? Only two. So I was heavy on literature and writing and communication classes, but only two science classes. Well, I took biology in high school, did pretty good with that, so I took it in college, did okay. Hey, all right, got through that, but then I'm like, okay, second science class, what am I going to take? And my guidance counselor did something that she should have never done. She recommended that I take physics. I don't know what she was thinking. I showed up for physics class the first two times and looked around the room and realized very quickly, I don't belong here. These are not my people. I don't, I don't even know what the professor is talking about right now. Look, I had a pretty good GPA in college, but I was lost in one week of physics. So I did what any rational college student would do. I went back to my guidance counselor. I said, look, I, I don't know what we're doing here, but this physics deal, that's not going to work. What else you got, right? And so I took another science class named geology, the study of rocks. Can I tell you that the Spirit of God was in geology class because it was easy. It was much easier. I don't know why my guidance counselor had me in physics to begin with. Sometimes we sign up for something and we don't fully understand what we've signed up for. And it's happened to all of us. And in our text today, we are going to be looking at Jesus' kind of first encounter with a couple of his disciples. We're going to be reading in Mark chapter 1. And keep in mind, these guys are like, the hope of all the world once Jesus leaves, right? Like these are the guys that are going to be the catalyst for the movement of the early church. And Jesus didn't go to the synagogue or the temple to find them. He went to the sea. 
And it says he was teaching, and you can read this with us. It's in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Jesus has this encounter that's going to alter the lives of the disciples. It's going to redefine their priorities. It's going to redefine their values. And here's how it all begins. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who we know as Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. And for all those that are a little slow, he says, they were fishermen, in other words. They were casting their nets into the lake. And Jesus says to them, his first, first conversation, so to speak, with these disciples, he says, come follow me. Now, he doesn't stop right there. He goes on to say, and I will make you fishers of men. And one of the most mind-boggling scriptures that we could even encounter in, in, in the Bible, he sa it says, at once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left their nets and followed Jesus. And so what happens is we find out within just a few moments of Jesus' first meeting with these disciples about his priority for their lives and his priority for our lives. His priority was that they would not just follow him, but that they would become fishers of men. In other words, Jesus' agenda was that they would go fishing. That sounds like a nice agenda. Any fisher people in the room today? Come on. Okay, nobody. All right, moving on. I like to fish. So, hey, look, that's a nice agenda, and these guys are fishermen. And so he's speaking to them on their level, but he's not talking about fishing with nets. He's talking about fishing for people. And, and what he's saying here is that it's not enough just to follow me, but you also need to be a fisher of men. That my agenda is fishing for men, Jesus told them. And how many of you know, if we're gonna follow Jesus, we've gotta get on board with his agenda, come on. That if, if Jesus's priority and his agenda is fishing, then our priority and our agenda should be fishing. In other words, kind of the litmus test that he lays out for following is that if you follow, you're going to fish. If you're a follower, you're naturally going to fish. And so the disciples grab onto this concept that followers fish. Everybody say that with me. Followers fish. Followers fish. And so they got it. These disciples got it. And so they fished to a group of people who then fished to a group of people who then fished to a group of people and so on and so on and so on. And guess what? We are here today because followers fish. Many of you are here today because somebody shared the hope of Jesus with you in a way that connected you to follow Jesus. Because followers fish. And guess what? We, we look at this and we're like, ah, sounds kind of scary, Jesus. Like, I don't really know if I'm into fishing. Like, I, I don't like fishing. Can I give you a list of people that Jesus used in the New Testament to fish? A prostitute. Freedom. Fishing. A tax collector, the most hated. He was set free. He began to fish. 
A demon-possessed guy? Come on. If God can use demon-possessed guy that gets set free, and he says, Jesus, I just want to follow you, and Jesus says, no, you need to go and tell people about what I did for you, actually. He used all sorts of people, and, and many times we can look at this mandate from God to fish, and we can say, God, I, I don't know if I'm equipped. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm the right person. Come on. But what we have to understand is that Jesus used a wide variety of people in the New Testament to fish. And what, ha what we have to grasp is that to follow Jesus is to fish for men because followers fish. To follow Jesus is to fish for men. Now, any uh, parents in the room, come on, show me where you're at today. All right, all right, all right. I see you. God bless you. God bless all the parents. Come on. Hey, any of you believe in timeout? Any of you timeout people? Okay. All right, me too. I, I love timeout. Okay, I have three boys. Laura and I have three boys. And they're 11, 9, and 6. And they tend to fuss with each other a lot. And so one of my favorite moves is to just separate them. Right? Just to, like, you go to your room, timeout. You go to your room, timeout. And really what I'm trying to do in a timeout situation as a parent is I'm trying to get my kids to think about what they did. Hello? Like, come on, you all have used that line. Like, you need to go to your room, and I want you to think about what you did. And then when they come out, I'm going to ask them, hey, so what do you think? Like, wh what was going on? What, what happened? And guess what? If they don't have the right answer, guess where they're going? Back to the room, right? You got to go back because what I'm trying to do is align them to our family values. I'm trying to align them to our priorities. I'm trying to align them to our family agenda. How many of you liked being in timeout as a kid? Nobody. How many of you liked being in timeout in 2020? In the beginning of 2021. Hello? We've been in a God timeout. Have we not? And in Louisiana, our timeouts lasted longer than Texas and Mississippi, right? We got a different kind of timeout. We need to learn some things here, right? We've been in a God timeout, so to speak. But can I tell you in the midst of our timeout that the global pandemic, the political upheaval, the chaos, the economic crisis, all of the things that have contributed to our timeout, can I tell you today that it did not change the mandate or the mission from Jesus? That we still have a mandate from God to be fishers of men. You know, it's interesting when Jesus was crucified and he resurrected, you would think, okay, he's, he's going to heaven, like peace out, like I'm going back to heaven, right? But if you read the New Testament, he actually took like a 40-day detour and stuck around to make sure that the disciples knew what they were about to get into, to make sure that, that the mission moved forward. And it's interesting that his last commandment, go into all the world and make disciples, should be our first priority. How many of you know when you like are leaving somebody and the last thing you say 
is usually like very important. Like if I'm giving final instructions to my kids before I leave or my wife and I are connecting, we need to make sure we're on the same page. The last thing you say tends to be really important, amen? How many of you, amen? Don't, don't sleep on me now. How many of you believe that the last thing Jesus said was probably pretty important? His last commandment, go into all the world, needs to become our first priority. And I have to believe that as we're kind of coming through this God-sized timeout this past year, and, and we really, if we're honest, we've kind of all been in survival mode, have we not? We've we stocked up on toilet paper for crying out loud. Come on. We were in survival mode. We have been in survival mode. We've been worried about our family and our finances and our, our home. But I just have to believe that, that God is asking us, the church, to get on mission right now. To snap out of survival mode. Come on, are you with me this morning? To get back to our marching orders. To be fishers of men. To go into all the world and be fishers of men. It's almost like God is just asking like, okay, like you've been in timeout long enough. Are you realigned to my agenda? Are, are you realigned to my priorities? Are you realigned to my values? Can we get back to what this is supposed to be all about? But let's be honest, that fishing is, is not really what we sign up for when we come to Jesus. Come on now. We don't sign up to become fishers of men. Most likely we signed up because we heard about hell, a really bad place that we don't want to go, and heaven, an awesome place that if we serve God, if we follow Jesus, if we walk with him, we can go to, right? And so what happens a lot of times is we sign up for the escape plan right? But, but guess what? Jesus didn't say, come follow me and I'll, I'll just, I'll make everything easy for you to, to get to heaven. He made a way to heaven, but in the meantime, while we're here, how many of you know we have to be on mission? That we've got to be fishing. And so this might not be what we sign up for. In fact, oftentimes what we sign up for is to follow Jesus because of what he can do for us because of what he can do in us, maybe sin and addiction issues or things that God just takes from us and, and what he does in us. But can I tell you today that Jesus is just as interested in what he can do through us. That it's not just about what he can do for us or in us, that he's interested in what he can do through us when we live a life surrendered to his purpose. Listen to Luke's eyewitness account of the same passage of Scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. It gives us just a little more insight into what takes place when Jesus comes and approaches Simon and Andrew. It says this, Luke 5, 1 through 6. One day, say one day. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret. I probably butchered that. Help me out. Help me, Lord. Genesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, 
he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Come on, if you've ever fished and haven't caught anything, you're feeling some kind of way. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so this story in Mark ends the same way of the passage that we read earlier, Jesus telling these disciples, telling these fishermen, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, how many of you know, if they already cleaned their nets, they were ready to call it a day. Cleaning their nets was signifying that they were done fishing. That's a wrap. They had done the work of of cleaning up, but Jesus says, throw your nets back in and watch what happens. And they throw the nets back in and they catch such a multitude of fish that they can't even pull them in. And what we see here is that they then go and follow Jesus, but here's the deal. They follow Jesus because of what they had experienced. They follow Jesus not necessarily because he said, okay, leave your nets behind, come and be fishers of men. They began to follow Jesus because they had experienced this miracle. They had seen, they had witnessed this miracle. And if we're honest, many times our our concern and our focus in following Jesus again is we begin to follow him because of what he can do for us and in us, but we're not so much worried about what he can do through us. Maybe you're here today and you haven't made a decision yet to follow Jesus. I want to let you know, I just want you to know up front that God wants to do some things for you. That he wants to do some things in you. But ultimately, he wants to do some things through you as well. And maybe we've been in church for five years or 10 years or 20 years and, and we, used to, we used to be fishing everywhere we went. We used to be on mission and thinking about, okay, how can I fish? And how many of you know over the course of time we can lose sight of the second piece of what Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I just want to remind you today in the church that Jesus is interested in what he can do through our lives as well. Amen? Amen. So today as as we Look at this scripture. I, I, I want to just give us a few fishing tips. Come on. Any, any fisher people in the room, which there are two of us, I think, you know that tips can be helpful, right? That if you want to catch fish, if you want to catch men, we sometimes need a little bit of help. And so I want to just give us a few tips today as we look at this. Number one, accept your uniqueness as a fisher. Accept your uniqueness as a fisher. So when we look at our story, we see Simon and we see Andrew, two brothers, two different personalities, 
When we look in scripture, we don't know a lot about Andrew, but, but we don't read a lot of Andrew's words. We don't, we don't see a ton of information in scripture about Andrew. We look at Andrew and we might think, oh, he's the quieter brother, right? He's maybe the, the more relaxed or laid back brother. We know Peter, right? He's pretty outspoken, pretty bold. Two different personalities. Come on, if you're a parent, you know your kids have different personalities. Jesus used Andrew to fish. Jesus used Peter to fish. God wants to use your uniqueness to be a fisher of men. You're uniquely positioned. You have a unique story. You have unique giftings. Come on. You, you have unique personality. And you are in a unique circle of people. You know people that nobody else in this room might know. Hello? And God wants to use your uniqueness to be a fisher of men. The problem is so many times we look at this and we say, well, that's, that's, like, that's for somebody else to do. I don't have the gift of an evangelist. Like, that's not for me, right? Jesus didn't make a distinction. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's all of our responsibility. And we are all uniquely gifted to do just that. Some of us maybe came from a past of brokenness and hurt. And we, we might have you know, a story that resonates with hurting and broken, broken people. And others of us maybe didn't grow up that way. We, we maybe grew up in church and we have a, a different story. Can I tell you, no matter what your story is, God can use it. That no matter what our story is, God has uniquely gifted you with an opportunity to be a fisherman, to be a fisher person, to be a fisher woman. Some of you are uniquely situated in a workplace or in a neighborhood or in, in a, a school where God has positioned you to make an impact. Come on, do we believe that we're positioned for impact, that we're positioned for mission? That, that man, timeout's over. Like, can I, can I just say timeout's over? Timeout has ended. Like, we need to get on mission. Survival mode has ended. Like, we've got to get back to our marching orders to reach the community, to reach the hurting, to reach the hopeless, to reach the broken. I'm giving you permission today to get out of timeout. Come on. To get out of timeout and, and begin to realign ourselves with the agenda of heaven, with the Father's work, with the Father's purpose. And if we will do that, what will happen is the message that God has given us along with the messenger, that's you, that's us, that's all of us. When we combine the message and the messenger, it comes together for powerful moments of fishing. Can I tell you what we need in the church? We don't need more programs. We need more stories. We need more stories of life change. We need more stories of healing. We need more stories of people that were bound by addiction that are set free by God. But if we're going to see that, it requires you and I to be a part of that. We have a responsibility to be a part of the mission of God, the mission of heaven. 
Here's the second thing that I want us to remember today. Remember that Jesus is making you a fisher. Say this, Jesus, you didn't say it, Jesus is making me. Jesus is making me. Not Jesus is making the church leadership, the pastors. Not Jesus is making the people that have been Christians longer. Not Jesus is making the people that are more gifted. He's making you a fisher. Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, interesting, I'll make you smarter. He didn't say, I'll make you better organized. He didn't say, I'll make you a great leader. He said, I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, I might make you, come on. He didn't say, if you'd like to fish, you can fish. He said, yo, like if you're following me, we're going fishing. I mentioned I have three kids. Two of them like to fish, one of them doesn't. If you're wondering, it's Parker. He will fall asleep fishing if, if we'll let him. But look, if we're going on a fishing trip, it's not optional for Parker. It's like, hey, this is what the family is doing. This, come on, follow me. This is what your father is doing. You're coming with me. You don't like to fish? Too bad. You don't feel good at it? Doesn't matter. We're going to fish. We're going fishing. I'll make you, Jesus said. In other words, it's a partnership with God where he, he will change us if we will let him. We did this thing back in the fall where my sister purchased for a Christmas gift a, a fishing expedition for, for myself and our, our, our three boys. We had a guide service. Now, that was awesome because you know what I was doing? I wasn't baiting any hooks. I wasn't taking any fish off. I wasn't worried about if my kids were catching fish. I was catching fish because what happens with the guide service is you, you pay good money to go to where the fish are and you don't have to bring your own fishing gear. You don't have to worry about where you're going to fish or what you're going to fish with. They get paid to put you on the fish. And so it's this beautiful thing where even if you're not good at fishing, like my kids, I'm good at fishing, but I, I was just along. Even if you're not good at fishing, you catch stuff. In fact, Jackson, our youngest son, caught a fish that I promise you was like bigger than him. It was huge. And so when you have a guide service, they are making you a great fisherman. They baited their hooks. They take you to the great spots. I'm like in my GPS trying to mark all the spots that they're taking us to. But they make you a fisherman, even if you're not very good. Can I tell you that Jesus is like the best guide service for fishing for people that we could have? That, look, if we'll partner with him, he will make us fishers of men. Will we make mistakes? Yes. We're going to make mistakes. But even though the disciples made mistakes along the way, at the end of the day, they got it. 
they understood what we must understand today, and that is followers fish. Now, as we prepare to close, I need a little help from the crowd. Now, I'm worried because nobody acted like they like to fish. So Justin Pinnock is walking up here, and so he'll do just fine, okay? Come on, give it up for Justin. I know he's going to grab the base in a minute. I need your help. Here we go. Here, let's, let's come out. Here you go. We got our fishing. Uh, here, here you go. You can have the, no, no. Yeah, you can have that one. Okay. That's the kiddie pole. All right. So anybody that likes to fish, which is apparently nobody in here, it's surprising. Come on. We live in a great fishing place, people. Um, if you like to fish, you know that you need to get a good fishing report in order to be successful. And you can spend a lot of time like researching ahead, like what are the conditions? What's happening? And uh, here, come on over this way. Come on over here for our online crowd. Okay, so don't step out there, but we're going to fish together today, okay? Now, there's some questions that you've got to ask when you're fishing. And look, these questions are important for us to kind of take inventory as we're fishing for men as well, okay? So let's imagine this scenario. Justin, go ahead and cast out. The, I, I think I took the hook out. Don't whack anyone in the head. Nice. Okay, watch yourself. Okay, all right. That was great. No, that was great. Okay, hey, look, it's, it's interactive. I think the hook is off of these, I think, okay? Just kidding, just kidding. It's safe, mostly. Okay, leave it right there, all right. So imagine this scenario. Uh, sometimes you're out fishing and you'll have people kind of walk up on you like where you're fishing. And it, how many of you know it's like public fishing? And so it's like, you can't keep people away, but it's kind of annoying if they walk up to like where you're fishing. And so let's imagine Justin is fishing and look, there's some questions that I think uh, will help us as, as we're looking to get on mission and looking to fish. The first question is, where are you fishing? <laughs> where are you fishing? Oh, for Justin Samuel. you're fishing right here? Fishing right here. Now, I'm just walking up. I'm just trying to get a report. But where, where is he fishing? He's fishing here. Now, here's the question for us. As we're fishing for men, where are you fishing? Where has God, remember, uniquely positioned you to fish? What, what family members can you be pouring into? What coworkers is God aligning your schedule with that you could speak into their lives? What, what people in your neighborhood, man, Jesus said, like, love your neighbor. Like, what if he actually meant that? Like, Who's my neighbor? Like the people that live next door to you. Uh, those people are actually like real neighbors. Where are we fishing? So that's the first question. Now the second question is, what are you fishing for? Right? Because there are all kinds of different species. And so I'm walking up. I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, what Justin's fishing for. Maybe he's fishing for bass or redfish or trout. But it, for us, it's not what are we fishing for. It is who are we fishing for? Are you all with me this morning? Who are we fishing for? Like, who are the people that God has put on our hearts to actually pray for and, and call out to him on behalf of? Like, who is your who? Come on. As we're, as we're looking forward to Easter and we're thinking about the opportunity that's in front of us, if our who is just general, then we don't have a who. Are you all with me? Like if your who doesn't have an, a name, then, then you don't really have a who. 
So who are you fishing for? What are you fishing for? I'm going I'm to go ahead and make a cast. Anybody scared? Anybody scared? Don't be scared. I'm professional. The next thing, okay, so you're fishing here. What are you fishing for? Oh, okay. Well, what are you fishing with? You using worms? You using live bait? You using what kind of lure? Heads up, people. This does have uh, uh, saved your life. That's how I avoid getting in the trees all the time. <laughs> Professional. What are you fishing with? In other words, how are you investing into people's lives? Who are you inviting and, and what are you doing to invest into people? What are you fishing with? Maybe you're good at baking. Hey, baking a, baking a pie and taking it to your neighbor, that's a good way to get in the door. Right? Maybe you, maybe you can coach your kid's sports team. I do that. Not just because we love sports, but because it's an opportunity for us to connect with families. So what are you fishing with? Then here's the last question. Did I cross your line? That's not the question. Here's the last question. How many of you know it's better to fish with a partner? Who are you fishing with? Can I tell you that your small group would be a good place to start? That the people in your small, you can reel in because we're about to catch something. I feel it. Come on, we're about to get a bite. Who are you fishing with? Fishing is something that's better. We're good. We're professional now. Come on, y'all thought we were going to mess that up. I told you we were professional. Who are you fishing with? Do you have a small group? Come on, give it up for Justin. Fishing is something that's better enjoyed together. And so I would encourage you, if you're, if you're in a small group, man, be challenging each other these next few weeks. Who are you trying to reach? Who are you praying for? Who are you investing into? Who are you inviting to Easter? I just think it's important for us to take kind of a moment and assess our own fishing reports, so to speak. Where am I fishing? Who am I trying to reach? What can I use that God's given me uniquely to fish with? How many of you have ever heard someone tell a fish story and you knew it was a fish story? Right? Like fishermen, even professional ones like myself, they tend to embellish a story from time to time. Like the, the one that got away, hello? Like, oh, it was at least 30 pounds. And it gets bigger and bigger as time goes on, right? But if you talk to somebody that enjoys fishing, you can see kind of a gleam in their eyes, right? There's a passion, there's an excitement. I, I love talking about fishing trips, especially ones that were successful. And you might be here today and you don't, you don't necessarily enjoy fishing, but there's something that you're passionate about. And that when you talk about it, the excitement level, the enthusiasm begins to rise. Here's the question. What if we talked about Jesus in that way? What if the, the conversation that got us most excited 
was talking about what Jesus has done in our lives. What Jesus could do in somebody else's life. What if that was the conversation that we wanted to tell stories about? Was what God was doing. Again, this morning, I just want to remind us that Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you, I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I just want to release the church to get back on mission, to get back aligned to God's agenda, to get back aligned with the priorities of God, to step out of time out. Come on. Some of you need to get happy about timeout ending. And can we just get back on mission with God? Because if reaching imperfect people to follow a perfect Jesus is just something that we say each week, how many of you know it's lacking? Like that's not just a cute motto. It's not just a cute saying. That's like, that's who we are. That's our mission. Those are our marching orders. Follow Jesus and become fishers of men. Would you close your eyes this morning? I want to be a follower that is fishing. Maybe you're here today and you would say, yeah, I'm definitely not fishing. Um, I'm not even following Jesus yet. That I, ha- I haven't even begun to follow Jesus. I'm not even walking with God. Maybe you're here today and, and it's your first time in church in a long time or wherever you're at today, that invitation that Jesus gave to Simon and Andrew is the same invitation that he extends to every one of us. Come and follow me. If you're maybe in the room today and you'd say, I'm not following Jesus. I'm not walking with God. I haven't made that decision to follow him. But today, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to ask him to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I want, I want to walk with him. Come on, if you're in this room and you would say, I, I want to follow Jesus, would you just lift your hand as I count to three? Anybody at all, all across this room, don't miss this moment. It's between you and God. You would say, I want to follow Jesus. Anyone at all? One, two, three. Any, anyone else? Anyone at all that you would say, I just, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. I want to make a decision to walk with God. Anybody at all, you would say, I, I need Jesus. I need to ask Jesus to be the Lord, the Savior of my life. I want to follow him. Can we do this? Would you stand to your feet this morning?